turn in your Bible, you'll find that we have designed to leave off the book of Judges today and take up another message in the series from Matthew's genealogy in chapter 1. You will know, most of you will know, I suppose all of you will know because I have done it before. I have turned to this portion before in this congregation. And you will remember that there was a time many, many years ago that I preached verse by verse through the entire gospel of Matthew. For several years, I preached through the gospel of Matthew. And I spent many, many months in this first chapter in these genealogies. And from time to time, my heart is drawn back to a particular place in them. And so we read today that that we shall look at only one verse in verse 5. And Solomon begot Boaz of Rahab. Rahab. And Solomon begat Boaz of Rahab. And Boaz begat Obed of Ruth. And Obed begat Jesse. We shall look at that in a moment. Further, until then, would you stand with me please? And turn to number 203 and stand with me and sing, please. of joy roll o'er the heavenly plains and Sarah's find employ for their sublimest strains some new delight in heaven is known loud sound the harps around the throne Hark, hark, the sounds draw nigh, the joyful host descend. The Lord forsakes the sky, to earth his footsteps bend. He comes to bless our fallen race, he comes with messages of grace. 
Bear, bear the tidings round, let every mortal know what love in God is found, what pity he can show. Ye winds that blow, ye waves that roll, convey the news from pole to pole. Strike, strike the harps again to great Emmanuel's name. Arise ye sons of men and all his grace proclaim. Angels and men wake every strength Tis God the Savior's praise we bring. Amen. Thank you. Be seated. God contracted to a span. As I said, you will recall that I have preached from these genealogies before. I don't recall if I reminded you why I ever got involved in that, looking so deeply and so closely at these genealogies. It was on an occasion that another man was preaching. I don't remember what he was preaching about, but he was preaching. And he made just kind of an aside statement that not all of the scripture is equally valuable. And I took exception with that statement. And he even said, by way of illustration, he said, for example, the genealogies in Matthew, he said there's one could hardly expect to think there's much there <laughs> and I took exception with those comments and started to study and I found myself inundated with spiritual light and truth from these genealogies once one realizes that the intent and design of Matthew, in this genealogy, by the Holy Spirit, is to get to verse 18. Because it's there in verse 18 that he's going to introduce the subject of his entire gospel. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. And so his intent is to introduce this Jesus Christ. And in order to that, we have a modern expression in America in the run-up, if you please, to that. He lays out these genealogies. And once you realize that the point of the genealogies is to introduce this Christ. And so then, every name in this genealogy must 
have something to say about this Christ. It speaks to our hearts of some or other truth regarding this Christ that's about to be introduced. <laughs> and the moment you see that, then every name in this genealogy takes on a profound significance. Every one of them. And when we come to this fifth verse, and I, since I have not preached straight through the sermons from verse 1 to verse 5, I'll simply tell you that all of the names in this genealogy up to verse 5 would draw our hearts to worship God in His majesty. All of those names and those messages I brought made us to look at things like, for example, His elective purposes and His eternal covenant. Those occupied our minds in the name Abraham. They brought to our minds God's elective purposes and his eternal covenants in the person of Abraham. In the person of Isaac, our attention is turned to his power and grace to execute those purposes. And then in Jacob and Judah, one sees his royal offices as prophet priest and king and then in Judas and Tamar we see his omnipotent supervision of the affairs of all men by his providence in Perez and Hezron and Ram we would see his omniscience and his supremacy in short our concentration down from verses 1 through verses 4 is fully and entirely on his transcendency. <laughs> However, the persons and lives of those in the verse that's now before us in verse 5, we move to another point of view so that we stand in awe, not any longer of the fact of his transcendency. But in these names, our attention is turned that we would stand in awe of his condescension. His condescension. <laughs> As we pass through this section of the genealogy, we marvel that he who transcends our greatest dreams and all of our ability even to comprehend him. He that is utterly and totally transcendent. In this verse, condescends to identify himself with fallen men and that of the vilest sort. <laughs> oh, who could dare to say these genealogies have nothing to say to us? 
verse 5 is a transition where we find this transcendent God condescending to fallen men. We trace the lives of Rahab and Ruth. And in this verse we find, I said that we will see that he condescends, number one, he condescends to sinners in their depravity. It cannot be without notice that when we come to verse 5 and he mentions Rahab, that this woman is notoriously identified through all the scriptures as a harlot. Joshua chapter 2 verse 1 through 22, there is the scene of this harlot. Joshua 2 and verse 1 calls her, refers to her house as an harlot's house. Joshua 6 and verse 17 calls her Rahab the harlot. Chapter 6 and verse 25 calls her Rahab the harlot. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 31 calls her the harlot Rahab. James chapter 2 and verse 25 calls her Rahab the harlot. In every case where this woman is seen in the divine record, this one feature accompanies her name in every place, the harlot. <laughs> the lowest and vilest of sins among women. Here is a woman that is hardly worthy of the name of womanhood. She has spent her entire life in the selling and trafficking of her body like a piece of cheap merchandise. And that evidently, evidently in the close company of her own family. What a shame. What a debauchery. I talked before prayer about the jail. Break your heart to go there sometimes to just look into the women's pod and see the women. Some of them look like they're ancient and they're young because sin has wrecked and devastated the beauty God gave her. Harlotry. This woman is a harlot. She spent her whole life in this debauchery and deprivation and degradation. Oh, what a horrible abuse of female flesh. And yet, and yet, and yet, hallelujah, blessed be God, when we come to the record of the generation of the Messiah, here's that woman Rahab. Her name, her name is in the lineage. Oh, her name is the is in the lineage of Christ. It reminds me of Romans chapter eight and verse two, for what the law could not do, in that it was weak. What through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin. In the flesh, hallelujah. I wonder do we sometimes lose 
the wonder of that. Do we sometimes just get so familiar that we're just accustomed to it and the wonder of it is lost on us? We read this genealogy in the run up to verse 18 to introduce this Christ. And here's this woman, Rahab. Rahab. Oh, thank God the Lord Jesus identified with sinners. What condensation, what con, con, uh, condescension this is from such transcendency. The incarnate God identified with sinners and that of the vilest sort. That righteousness, Romans chapter 8 verse 4 says, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Oh, blessed Savior, in coming to this sin-cursed world in human flesh, condescended to our depravity that we might ascend to his holiness and his likeness. Rahab and Solomon begat Boaz from whom Rahab the harlot oh wonder of wonders do you see it can you see it this morning can you see the wonder of it all oh listen Second Chronicles chapter 6 Verse 17 and 18 says this. Now then our Lord God of Israel, O Lord God of Israel, let thy word be verified which thou hast spoken unto thy servant David. But will God in very deed dwell with men on earth? <laughs> Behold, heaven and the heavens of heaven Cannot contain him. How much this house which I've built, Solomon said. Oh, but can I just tell you, he came down into a smaller house than the one Solomon built. A smaller house than the one Solomon built. He came down in a body just like mine. Great condescension. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. Let this mind be in you which I was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men, being found in fashion as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross, wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name of which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and of things in earth and things under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Why? Because he was found in fashion as a man. He made himself of no reputation and took our form. God contracted to a span incomprehensibly made man. <laughs> 
Oh, wonder of wonders, wonder of wonders. <laughs> Poets and painters alike over the centuries have tried to express through their art the inexpressible. They've tried to capture the incomprehensible. They've tried to explain the inexplicable. They've tried to circumnavigate the vast expanse of divine infinitude, both in their words and in their paint and in their sculpture. They've sought but feebly failed to set before our hearts the immense depth of this vast ocean, but then lost in wonder and swallowed up in holy exhaustion, if you please, from the heroic attempt, Frederick Lehman in 1917 cried out, Oh, the love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hill. The guilty pair bowed down with care. God gave his son to win. His erring child he reconciled and pardoned from his sin. Could we with ink the ocean fill were the skies of parchment made? Where every stalk on earth a quill And every man a scribe by trade Oh, to write the love of God above In this condescension Would drain the ocean dry Nor could the scroll contain the whole Though spread from sky to sky Condescension It's all wrapped up right here In this little name, in this genealogy Rahab. Oh, Catherine, Catherine Pinfather made her attempt at it in 1893 when she penned these words Jesus, the sinner's friend. We hide ourselves in thee. God looks upon thy sprinkled blood. It is our only plea. Jesus, the sinner's friend. We cannot speak thy praise. No mortal voice can sing the song that ransomed hearts would raise. The sinner's friend. Friend. Oh, the condescension. The condescension wrapped up in this word. Rahab. Introducing. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise in verse 18. But oh, in verse 5, trace it back. Rahab. Charles Wesley in that now famous hymn, which even worldlings take on their lips once a year, touched this blessed truth with his pen when he wrote in the late 1700s, Veiled in flesh the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity. Pleased as man with men to dwell. Jesus our Emmanuel here. Hail the heaven born Prince of Peace. Hail the Son of Righteousness. Light and life to all he brings. Risen with healings in his wings. Hark! The herald angels sing glory to the newborn king. 
veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Later he wrote in another hymn, Let earth and heaven combine, angels and men agree, to praise in songs divine the incarnate deity. Our God contracted to a span, incomprehensibly made man. He laid his glory by, he wrapped him in our clay, unmarked by human eye, the latent Godhead lay. Infant of days, he here became and bore the mild Emmanuel's name. Unsearchable the love that hath the Savior brought, the graces far above mankind or angels taught, suffice for us that God we know, our God is manifest below. He deigns in flesh to appear, widest extremes to join, to bring our vileness near to make us all divine. And we the life of God shall know, for God is manifest below. <laughs> oh, if you would see, if you would see in the New Testament, a glimpse of the earliest evidence of that proto-evangelum in Genesis 3.15. Just come here to this genealogy. And in verse 5, read this name, Rahab. 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 I said to you, number one, he condescends to sinners in their depravity. That's what this name Rahab tells us. He condescends to sinners in their depravity. But let me say, number two, he condescends to sinners even in their nationality. We learn that from this name Rahab. You see, Rahab was a Gentile. In a nation, God had marked for destruction. Ruth, verse 5. Solomon begat Boaz of Rahab, and Boaz begat Obed of Ruth. You see, Rahab was a Gentile. Ruth was a Moabitess. They were outside of the covenants of Israel. They were brought in by the condescension of a sovereign Savior. It was His condescension that brought in, quote, foreigners. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12 through 16. That at that time ye were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of grace, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far from made nigh by the blood, for he is our peace who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross. Hallelujah. Foreigners, I said, 
He condescended to bring in foreigners that were outside the covenant. Rahab's place in the record of genealogy of Christ points us again to his condescension to every nationality and tongue and tribe. Revelation chapter 5 verse 9 and they sung a new song saying thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof for thou hast redeemed us to God by the blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation hallelujah Jesus in his body on the tree bore the sins of all of his sheep all kinds of men from every corner of the world without distinction no prejudices God saved his people and he did it in the person and in the body of the Lord Jesus Christ Ruth Rahab God condescends to sinners even in their nationality number three he condescends we see in these names. We see in these two names. He condescends to sinners in their calamity. In their tragedy. Oh Rahab. Rahab. Rahab was in a city God had marked for destruction. She's in a tragic position. Ruth, chapter 1 and verse 8, chapter 1 and verse 1, Ruth was in a city dying of starvation. There was no bread, and she dwelt in a land where everyone else was dying and had lost her only hope for life. She had lost her husband. Oh, what a calamity. What a crisis. What a tragedy. But you see, God condescends to sinners in their tragedy. Oh, hallelujah. Our God allowed both of these women. Listen now. This is, this is important. God allowed both of these women to receive a message. <laughs> hey, hey, hallelujah. Oh, listen. Rahab had already heard what God was doing with Israel. Ruth heard there was bread. God allowed both of them to receive a message, which eventually brought them not only into the land of bread, but in the case of Ruth, <laughs> not only brought her into the land of bread, but into the very house. Where the bread was made. Oh what condescension. When the almighty God of heaven and earth came down. As the quote. The Bible calls him the bread of heaven. The bread of life. The bread of God. John 6.35. John 6.33. When God allowed him to come down the bread of heaven. To receive dying sinners. And to deliver them from their starvation. Oh, what condescension. The Lord Jesus, whom Matthew is trying to introduce here in chapter 1, 
condescended to identify with sinners in that he too was tested like as we are, Hebrews 4, 14 and 16. He was tested in his humanity. Matthew chapter 4, you remember the temptation. He was tested in his nationality. The Jews were a hated people. He was tested in his calamity. Do you remember the words that we forget them, I fear? He said the birds of the air have nests. I have nowhere to lay my head. He died on the cross rejected of all men. Oh, our blessed substitute understands calamity. He understands tragedy. And yet he was without sin. No wonder the wonderful hymn writer said, Man of sorrows. Oh, what a name. What a name. For the Son of God who came. Ruined sinners to reclaim. Hallelujah. What a Savior. Oh, in my place condemned he stood. Sealed my pardon with his blood. Hallelujah. What a Savior. Guilty, vile, and helpless, weak. Spotless Lamb of God was He. Full atonement, can it be? Hallelujah, what a Savior. Lifted up was He to die. It is finished was His cry. Now in heaven exalted high. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Condescension. Condescension. Oh, not only does Rahab and Ruth point us to the fact that this coming Messiah would condescend in his identification with sinners, but also at the per- by the person of Boaz in this text points us to the truth that he will apprehend them by his substitution for them. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. He came from Bethlehem, the house of bread, chapter 2 and verse 4. He had just what she was needing. He came as a near kinsman, chapter 2 and verse 1. Can I just say this, and I'll close quickly. In Boaz, share this with all your Armenian friends. Boaz was her near kinsman before she even knew him. Hey, glory! Before she ever knew him, he was a near kinsman. Hebrews 2 and 17, Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren. Don't you love that word? Oh, in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren. 
He was already their brother. <laughs> oh, I said in Boaz, we notice that we see that he is not only apprehend, he will apprehend them by his substitution. He came from Bethlehem, the house of bread. He was a near kinsman before she ever knew him. And oh, listen to this. He had more than enough. <laughs> he had more than enough power. He had more than enough wealth. And then this. He was willing to give it. We find in of that book, chapter 2, verse 8, we find he was willing to give the gleanings. Chapter 2, verse 8, verse 15 and 16. We find he was willing to give the water, chapter 2, give her water, chapter 2, verse 9. We find he was willing to give her bread, chapter 2, verse 14. Oh, he was willing to give. Willing to give. All that's wrapped up in this in this name, Boaz. But the greatest of all is this. Listen, we find in chapter 4, verses 8 through 10 of that book, he was willing to enter into a covenant with her. Willing to enter into a covenant. Therefore the kinsman said unto Boaz, Buy it for thee. So he drew off his shoe. Boaz said to the elders and to all the people, Ye are witnesses this day that I have bought all that was eliminates. Moreover, the Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of Malon, have I purchased to be my wife. <laughs> he was willing. He was willing to enter into a covenant with her. Oh, what a glorious relationship was brought about in this name, Boaz. I wonder, I ask it again, I wonder, do we sometimes lose the wonder of it all? Do we sometimes get so wrapped up in our own piety that we lose the wonder of it all? The great condescension of our Lord. And Solomon begat Boaz. Of whom? Of Rahab. And Boaz Begat Obed of whom? Of Ruth. And Obed begat Jesse. And we know Jesse, verse 6, begat David the king. Every name in this genealogy is pointing us to this Christ that's coming. This Christ. And every name in this genealogy tells us more about him. This one that's to be introduced. Turn with me in your hymn book, if you will, please. Stand with me and we'll sing together again.
in the words of hymn number 210, And did the holy and the just, the sovereign of the skies, stoop down to wretchedness and dust that guilty man might rise? Yes, the Redeemer left his throne, his radiant throne on high, surprising mercy, love unknown to Satan, bleed and die. Sing together. Stand with me, please. And he, the holy and the just, the sovereign of the skies, stepped down to wretchedness and dust, that guilty man might rise. Yes, the Redeemer left his throne, his radiant throne on high. Surprising mercy, love unknown, to suffer, bleed, and die. He took the dying traitor's place and suffered in his stead. For sinful man, oh, wondrous grace, for sinful man he bled. O Lord, what heavenly wonders dwell in thy atoning blood. By this are sinners saved from hell and rebels brought to God. Thank you.